Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world. You're listening to Marnie's Friends. Hey, welcome everybody. This is Marnie Swedberg. Welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends, and we are excited to have you with us today. Thanks for being here, and we have a great topic, how to launch and grow your blog in 2017, and our guest today is Kara Price. Uh, During this next hour, you are going to discover how to unite God's purposes with your passion to form a business plan for your blog, where to find your first support group, a key to longevity that many bloggers miss, the word or the E word, that why it's critical to your success. Also, the number one way to get inside your readers' heads in order to touch their hearts, plus how to continue to develop yourself as a writer, the role of social media, a trick that will save you time and increase your reach, and the most important thing to remember. Our guest today, Kara Price, launched her blog last May with just 12 views for her first month. Since then, she's grown her tribe to over 14,000, or 1,400, sorry, individual views per month, and her... Uh, blog offers recipes for healthy living and devotionals to address spiritual health. Welcome to you, Kara. Thank you, Marnie. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. And I wanted to clarify, just I kind of stuttered through that a little bit. Sorry about that. But you've grown your blog from 12 viewers to 1,400 unique viewers. So that doesn't mean you have the same 100 coming 14 times. (laughs) It means you have 1,400 unique viewers, which is really a lot of growth in just over six months. Congratulations to you. And I'm just so excited to pick your brain because a lot of our listeners, our bloggers, a lot of our listeners are speakers who are writers who want to start a blog. And so this is really exciting. So I'm curious, first of all, maybe help us know how you decided to write a blog about Nourish Body and Soul. Right. Well, I actually didn't start with the blog first. I decided I would write, I have wanted to write for a long time, and so I decided that I would start with a cookbook because it's one of my main passions is cooking healthy food. And I wrote that and realized I had no outlet to to have that published or mm-hmm. to sell that. And so I decided I would go for the blog route and it has been such a blessing um, and a learning experience and just been such a, a way for me to walk deeper with God and see him meet my needs in areas I never even knew existed. You know, something came up there while you were uh, talking that makes, I wanted to just mention that, you know, a lot of people talk to me about starting a blog. And one of the things that I always say first is, do you like to write? Because honestly, that is what a blog is. (laughs) is, So if you really hate to write, it's really writing at least once a week, if not multiple times a week on your preferred topic. And so it's tough for people who don't like to write to blog unless you hire somebody else out to, you know, transform your spoken words. Maybe you do lectures or whatever, and they can transform your spoken words into blogs. But otherwise, it's a lot of writing. It's, it's interesting to me that you did your book first and then started your blog. That's so cool. What's the name of your book? Uh, the name of my book is Be Nourished. And so we'll see, though. I'm waiting on God's timing on that. It's just sitting in my pantry now, and I just use it to cook from. <laughs> oh, so you haven't even published it yet? I haven't published it yet. No, it's sitting there waiting. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, when the day is right, that book will come out. <laughs> it will. That's it awesome. Will. 
Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, I'm excited too. Excited to see that happen. Yeah, you surprised me when you said you written one because I thought, boy, that, I don't, I didn't see that in your bio. <laughs> so that's great. <laughs> well, let's go ahead. No, 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 no. No, you actually don't. You actually, you, you actually don't do things backwards. You know what's interesting is that God has this, this plan and path for all of us. And everybody's journey is going to look a little different from each other's, and that's just because you're starting at a different point on the journey from right. other people. And right. also your destination is a little different from other people. So your, your yes. order is just great. Love it, love it. Okay, so let's talk first. Your first point here that you wanted to talk about was about a business plan. And I think that's really a great place to start, even though a lot of people who think about logging don't think about business. So how did you come up with the concept of having a business plan for your blog? Well, um, the, the way I came up with that concept was actually uh, by making a mistake. <laughs> I, I started the blog and had a goal in mind of where I wanted to end up. Um, but in doing so, I spent a lot of time and a lot of money. And uh, my husband, who is a very wise businessman and who saw the checks going out the door for this blog that was not yet making anything in return, uh, told me that I might have jumped the gun on things. And so he, hmm. he, he wanted me to start a business, to, to come up with a business plan. He said that would be the best way for me to have an idea of what exactly it was I was trying to do to get to my end result. And so hmm. um, I... I took his advice um, because I felt like at the time that I was just expending a lot of energy, really, and not getting anywhere. It seemed like I had kind of jumped on a plane to go from Texas to New York and ended up over Oregon. Um, so with his help, I, uh, I backtracked a little bit and, and put a plan in place. Uh, you know, Jesus tells us a story about a man who wants to build a tower and he, and he says the man first sits down and counts the cost and makes a plan so that he won't fail. And I think too often in the Christian world, there's a mentality that if God is calling us to do something, we should just jump into it blind. But in reality, the Bible tells us to use wisdom and planning. And so developing a business plan that includes goals and a budget and possibly whatever other aspects are unique to your own blog are very important. And I, because I'm creative and right-brained, I, I cringed at the thought of doing something that was left-brained. Um, so I just I asked my husband to help and put that plan in place, and I would just encourage people to do the same. Get some help from somebody who knows how to do that. Well, I know that we could spend the entire hour talking about just this subject, and my husband and I have done so many business plans. And <laughs> a lot of times yeah. what happens is you do the business, at least for us, you do the business plan and you go, hmm, you know, I never really knew there was that much work involved in that. Or, oh, boy, yeah. I don't think that looks like it's going to financially work out for us. You know, right. so a business plan is a great way to also rule things out. But um, where where did you find, like, a template or a, a, a an idea of what you would need for your business plan? Did you, did you have a website that was helpful for you, or how did you start? Um, I did not because I have a husband who is very business-minded, and so he helped okay. me. But there are – I know you can Google, you know, business plans, and there are plenty of websites out there. Some are free. Some cost money that can help you get that going. 
Okay. Well, I too, I just encourage you to do that. It's called due diligence. That's what we call it in our house, at least. Right. <laughs> you do your due diligence before you jump into the deep end of a lake or a pool because uh, otherwise what happens is you feel like you're drowning for a really long time and sometimes you actually do end up drowning the business that you're trying to start. So that's great. Right. Great, great tip. Now, you wanted to also combine this business plan concept with uniting it with God's purposes with your passion. Right, yeah. So definitely, um, I think it's probably no surprise that the best way to unite your passion with God's purpose for your life is through prayer. Um, through this whole journey, I have spent so much time in prayer. Part of my website is recipes. And so things like taking pictures of food, you can't imagine how much stress it can cause because you just can't get a plate of muffins to smile or whatever. And just the little <laughs> things that God has walked me through, you know, just prayer before photo sessions or prayer before I write um, a, a mm -hmm. blog devotional, you know, and he will just open my eyes and ears to see and hear him and to know um, what it is exactly that he's wanting me to do. And, you know, Ephesians tells us that God is strong and he wants us to be strong too. It says we're up against mm -hmm. far more than we can ever handle on our own. And we should use prayer as our greatest weapon to stand firm. And it's so important for us to pray about every aspect of this endeavor, even what might seem silly, you know, praying about a photo shoot of food might seem silly to the average person, but to me, it's my livelihood. And, um, you know, I think we need to first pray for humility because it's really easy as Christians uh, when we begin to have just a little bit of success to sometimes forget that what we're doing is only possible through the strength God has given us. And second, I think we need to just always have an attitude of gratitude in our prayer with God. Um, it can only come from a heart that understands the magnitude of this gift that he's given us. He's allowed us to be living in a time where sharing our blog with the world is even possible. This technology outlet has only been around for about 20 years. Um, it, my great-grandmother was a writer, and she had a passion for writing, but the only people that could read what she wrote were her friends and family that lived in her small East Texas town. And, you know, I have the, the ability to put that out there for the world. And so I think it's something we need to be grateful that God has allowed us to live in this time in which we are so that we can do this. Absolutely. This kind of ages me a little bit. But my first book was written on a computer, mostly at the church or at the public library because we didn't have one at home. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's like, you know, I mean, that's how fast this thing has come. And, you right. know, the other thing is that the blogging platforms that are available now are mind-bendingly awesome. And a lot of them are absolutely free for you, which is incredible because they're worth thousands and thousands, even tens of thousands of dollars if somebody were to program it themselves. So right. it is just amazing. You know, you're right, the gratitude thing. I always just even think I have a brain that functions. My eyes work. I can actually think a, think a whole thought without losing my train Usually, right, <laughs> you know, right. so, I mean, all these things we have much to be thankful for. And when we just go about it thinking that all these things are just given and, and, you know, just, of course, they're, you know, they're there for us. That's not the way to do it. I love that. I just yes. love that so much. I was thinking, too, about, you know, your comment about uh, praying before everything and through everything. Just uh, just last night, I had something that was just all of a sudden terrible in my face, just terrible. And I just, I just raged at God. And it was, it was so awesome, Kara, because I just was able to get all that 
anger and frustration about that thing not working out right at God right away. He just came in and comforted me, and then I went on. And I didn't have to lose it with my family. I didn't have to lose it with my staff. I could just lose it with God, and he could restore me right there privately together. I love the concept of just running everything by and through and to Jesus and letting him orchestrate it all. So I don't, I, I know that it isn't normal and obviously people yeah. who don't know Jesus, but you know, for those of us who do know well, Jesus and have him in the center of our world, it's really the way to go. <laughs> it really is. And I think people need to just remember that prayer is, does not have to be a big formal event. It's just sitting down right. and talking with your father or driving in the car or you know, going about whatever you're doing, he's just there to have a relationship with you. And that's, that's what he wants more than anything for your life. And that's how right. your passions really can turn into his plan for your life. Oh, absolutely. I love that. Well, we're going to take a little break and we're going to come back and talk about where to find your first support group and also a key to longevity that many bloggers miss. We'll be right back. moments right after the show and help me out. I am curious who we're missing. So for example, do you know of any speaker who is missing from womenspeakers.com? Do you know of a guest expert who you'd love to hear me interview on Marnie's Friends? Or maybe you know of a major Christian women's event group that is not yet represented over at womensevents.info. Would you just take a moment after the show, swing over to Marnie.com and use the support link at the bottom of any page to recommend her to us. That would be awesome. I thank you for partnering with me in ministry, and God bless your day. Welcome back. This is Marnie Sledberg. We're talking about how to launch and grow your blog in 2017, and our guest today is Kara Price of the Nourished Body and Soul, the nourishedbodyandsoul.com. Carol, let's talk about how to find your first support group. So you said you started your blog last May and you had 12 readers that month. Right. <laughs> so right. you got like your mom and your sister. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, mom and cousins, and that was about it. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so let's talk about how, how you start, how you grow. Right. So um, your, your support group, you know, I like to think of my support group as pieces of a puzzle that God is putting together in my life to make the picture that he wants my life to look like. And um, the first piece of that puzzle is just your friends, the, the friends that are the closest to you, people that you know will be prayer warriors and friends that you can trust and confide in. You know, Proverbs 19 tells us to get all the godly advice we can. So this needs to be a group of people that you can tell your goals to, You can ask them to pray with you before you begin. You know, for me, my group, these people knew before I started this blog what was going on in my life. And um, people that when you have trials, things that come up, you can call them and and ask them to pray for you. It's amazing what the encouragement of a friend can do. Um, And I would highly encourage anyone listening to keep this group to just, you know, your two or three closest friends that you know have a walk with God. Um, for me, it ended up being four, but that's just the way it worked out. So I just think mm-hmm. the people that, you know, without a doubt will pray for you when you ask them to, um, people that will, but people that will be totally honest with you and give you feedback and love. Mm, love it. I love the, 
the idea of the pieces and of a puzzle because it comes together kind of slowly sometimes. <laughs> it does, right? Yeah, it's definitely a, a large puzzle with many pieces. And the second piece to the puzzle is other bloggers. Uh, this area can be tricky, though. Uh, it's difficult sometimes to find other bloggers that you can become friends with. You know, it's not always they're not always in your area. Um, fortunately, we live in a day and age of technology with Skype and things that we can communicate with people that are far away. So I would encourage people to build this community, but just to realize it's not going to happen overnight. It takes patience and diligence. Over the course of a few months or a year, though, you would be surprised how many people you can include in this circle. But again, with the caution of just making sure that these people are people that have your same like-minded mission um, that, that you want to put out and people that will even encourage you and pray for you as well. Hmm. If I were to ask you the question, um, uh, say I'm a brand new blogger and I'm blogging in the area of, let's say, baby care, and I uh-huh. just am curious how to go about finding other bloggers who I might, you know, um, uh, blog share with, maybe either have them write for me or me write for them, how would you recommend that I start? Right. Well, um, that is, you know, that can be tricky, but I found a great blogger friend through another friend. So just start talking to people and ask them, not only do you want to let them know about your blog, but they might know someone who does the same thing you're doing. You can meet that person and bounce ideas off of them. And another way that I want to touch on later too is, you know, just um, through conferences and things that you can attend, you can meet other bloggers that way. Sure, sure. Well, you are... Are we ready to go to the next point? Because I wanted to talk about longevity. Did you have anything else here about this first support group? I was just going to say, for me, the last piece of the puzzle is a technical genius because I am not extremely technical, (laughs) um, but some people are, and that's great. And if you can get online and, you know, go to a, a website and create your blog, that's great. But for me, it didn't work that way, and I had to... Uh, through a friend, I met a girl that created my blog and did the graphics for me, and she has also come up with some great ideas for me in regards to videos and things like that. And so that's been great. But, you know, if you can't afford or don't want to hire someone to do that, if you just have a neighbor who has a techie teenager, you can hire them contractually. So I think being as, having a technical genius on your team is a great piece of the puzzle Absolutely. And that's so that's such a great tip too about the teams. That's um my nephew Max was uh, a producer for me and I had another another producer that was a high schooler before Max and um now Max is in college. But I mean some of these kids, I mean, they just do it they it comes so easy to them. And for right. somebody <laughs> like me, it didn't come easy. It was a lot of work right. to learn any little piece I know. So yeah, the, the technical, the technical help is so important to have that in place. And even, even an editor, I, I have a, I call it a stable, a stable of support people, but I have, I have several editors in there and I have my favorite ones, but if they're busy, then I go to my second tier and uh, usually within a few minutes or a few hours, I can have feedback from editors if I need it. And so those right. are the kind of things that really help and kind of de-stress the process a little bit. So you have a key to longevity that a lot of bloggers miss, and I'm so curious. Yeah, the key to longevity that a lot of bloggers miss is just to narrow your focus. Sometimes as a writer, uh, it's easy to write about a lot of subjects because we are creative. We have strong opinions about a lot of things. Um, And I 
almost caught myself writing things just this past, you know, fall about the election on my blog. And I, and the Lord stopped me and made me realize this is not what this is about. You know, this, this is Mm. about the journey I've brought you on the food that I've taught you to create and, and the devotionals that I've given you through your life. And so I think we've got to be really careful just to narrow our focus um, and to make sure that we keep our focus where he wants it. Uh, we have to also be able to just find our own voice and be comfortable with that path because there will be other people that God will bring to fill in the gap to speak to other subjects. And we have to trust him on that. And, you know, we also need to realize that we're going to get feedback from our readers. It's important to know your subject and use wisdom when writing about it. But as humans, we will all either make a mistake or give misinformation by accident or offend a reader. And so we can't be offended if we get negative feedback We need to be able to take that before the Lord. We need to be able to ask our trusted friends and prayer warriors that we talked about earlier if this is an area we need to refine. You know, Marty, when I started this blog, I had a literal vision of me running naked through a football stadium, and it was scary. And it sounds silly, (laughs) but it's a a vulnerable (laughs) journey. And sometimes you're putting yourself on this stage in front of the world, and it can feel like you have an open wound. So we have to be careful with how sensitive we are when we get negative feedback. And if we get positive feedback, then praise the Lord and accept it with humility as an encouragement from him and give it back to him and just keep going with gratitude. That's so great. Yeah. And I think this is maybe a point where I can interject a little piece about that vulnerability too. You really are, uh, you really are putting yourself out in the public with this. And if you are, if you are wanting to blog about a wounded area in your life, that um, you are not yet fully healed from, yeah. uh, this is not mm-hmm. the area to blog in. <laughs> blog, That's right. That's right. Wait. You just wait. Wait until, you know, and, and, and I like, I think it was Beth Moore, but somebody said, you know, you can tell the difference between whether you're healed or not by whether when someone scratches your wound, whether it bleeds or whether it's really all scarred over now and it's right. really just a right. memory. Uh, you know, and if you if you are still at the point where you're bleeding when people say any little thing to you, or even you know just sometimes when it's a big thing, um, you're just really not ready to blog on it yet. Um, you can write yeah. personal letters, and you can begin 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 writing and and keep those things and be ready to post them later with a, with a, a a fully healed perspective, but and how you feel today. But don't start putting it out there. I love that you brought up that people give you negative input. This is so hard yeah. to take. Even if you get a thousand positive ones and one negative one, it's yeah, that's always right. hard to take the negative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what, right. Do you have a practice that you use when you get a negative? What do you do? You know, again, I just I try to take it before the Lord. Um, and right. sometimes those negative feedbacks come from the closest people to us. So it makes it even a little mm. more difficult. Um, so yeah. just... I would just encourage people to take that before the Lord and really talk through that with him for a good while before we try to uh, remedy that or take it to anyone else for advice. Great. Mm, right. I like uh, two things that I was thinking of. First of all, when I get a written form of that, and, and sometimes it will be in comments after I speak publicly or whatever, there will be, uh-huh. you know, there'll be one. <laughs> or, you know, somebody right. didn't like something about it. And I just take that and I just lay it out on my bed and I kneel down with God. They're kind of like King Hezekiah did. And I just say, okay, you see this, you see me. 
let's have a talk, you know, and, and I yes. just let Jesus talk to me about it from his perspective. And I love that phrase. Just talk to me about this from your perspective, God, because there's oftentimes something in there that is useful, even amidst maybe the person's um, inability to say it graciously or whatever. Uh, there right. is something there that I can learn from that. And the other thing is in the restaurant business, I used to never be able to take complaints. When we first bought it and we would get a complaint, we, we literally, me and the other gals, and some of them still work there, we'd go in the kitchen and cry. <laughs> That's how we complained <laughs> about the food being wrong. So sensitive oh, no. and we wanted so badly to do it right, you know. So after right. a while, though, I learned that in the restaurant business or in a, in a customer service business, only one out of 20 people is going to complain. The other 19 are too nice to say anything. So when you actually hear someone complain, it is this wonderful gift that they're giving you because 19 other gracious people just sucked it up and didn't tell you that the meat was cold or whatever. And so, (laughs) you know, I mean, all of a sudden this person comes forward and they tell you something. And if it's a legitimate concern, it's like, oh, that is gold. That is gold to me now. When someone complains, I actually give them a gift. (laughs) (laughs) it's still it's still hard to take Kara, but it takes the sting out of it when you realize that by listening with your heart to what they're saying you can make it better for everybody going forward yes absolutely i agree that's great oh good 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 well i thought you were going to say something else when we got to longevity you said your focus at I did. I, I love narrow your focus. That's such a great thing, and I think it's really funny and fun that you were gonna uh, that you were gonna blog about the politics in the fall because that was what we all wanted to just say something, right? Right. <laughs> but, we we um, all did want to say something, <laughs> <laughs> and we watched other people who were saying things get creamed. <laughs> but I know. Um, I know. But but it's so true. Narrow your focus is a great, great tip. The two that came to my mind that I'll just share quick here is one of them is to create a year-long calendar a kind of with ideas so that it's yes. kind of like walking into your kitchen every single night and thinking, what should I make today? And having no concept right. of what, what your favorite things are to make or what your family's favorite things are or if you have the ingredients. It's the same with a blog. If you just do a little pre-planning, it can really reduce the stress going forward. And doing a blog consistently can create a lot of stress unless you have a plan in place. And the other one is to just actually literally work ahead. And yes. however you do your filing system, you want to be collecting ideas and photos and, and um, different bloggers and different quotes and all that kind of Bible verses, whatever it is. You want to be collecting that in advance so that every time you do a blog, you don't have to start from ground zero, that you can actually have That's, a little bit of a jump on it. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. How far in advance do you write your blog? I try to write my devotionals um, probably a good two months in advance, but there are mm-hmm. some, I had so many ideas for the new year that I decided I'd go ahead and write, you know, something for next new year. And then uh, when that time comes, I'll edit it and tweak it then and, and see if that's still what God wants me to say at that point in time. But there were so many things floating around that when it, right. you know, if I wait until December of 2017 to write a New Year's blog for for January of 2018, I won't be able to find any information. <laughs> and so right. I I think just any time that you get an idea, it's a great thing to just put it down. I have so many pending devotionals on my computer that some just have a title, 
and some have a ton of information in them. And so I just go in there and add stuff whenever I think of it. Love that. For in Love regards that. And while to the we're recipes, here. Sorry, in regards, regards to the recipes that are on my blog, boy, I try to plan those months in advance if possible um, because I, I cook all the time, if you can imagine. And so I get so many different ideas, and, and so I try to plan those way ahead. And with a food blog, you have to look ahead. Like I've got to be looking to – Um, Valentine's Day and Easter and summer way before, because if I wait until the time comes, I won't have a recipe to to put on there. Well, right. And I I think the other thing is for those of you who are wanting to do a blog as well as submit articles, uh, the time to do like this year's, let's say Christmas or, or New Year's right now that just went by, this is the time to write the articles that you'll submit in the summer or in the spring for right. uh, fall publication and winter publication next year. So working a year ahead always makes sense. And that's when it's all fresh. The problem, the problem that you get into is if you're just going week to week to week to week to week is that you're always under the gun. You're just pressing, pressing, pressing for that one idea for this week. And then next year comes around, and now you have to recreate the energy of what's going to happen next week instead of when you're right in it capturing all of those and making a file and, and going forward. So that's uh, such, such great right. stuff. Well, we're going to take a quick little break here. We're going to come back, back and talk about the E word. I'm curious what the E word is and why it's critical to success <laughs> as well as the number one way to get inside your readers' heads. We'll be right back. Do you ever need a guest speaker? Or maybe you're a speaker who's available to go. Check out womenspeakers.com the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world since 2002. Connecting thousands of planners with over 1,300 speakers, speakers are available to you from every state, denomination, experience level, and fee range. You simply search when you have time, anytime, day or night, and connect directly with the speakers that interest you. No middlemen, no hidden fees. It's all simple, easy, enjoyable, and online. Check it out today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marty, and I'm so excited to have our guest today with us, Kara Price of the Nourished Body and Soul.com. Kara, let's talk about the E word because I'm dying to know what the E word is and why it's critical to our success. Okay. Well, the E word, it's a bad four-letter word. It's called edit. And editing <laughs> is so important. It's so critical to our mm-hmm. success. You know, Lisa Turkhurst of Proverbs 31 Ministries said one time, the tweaking of you in private is a saving of you in public. And it is uh-huh. so true. We will all make mistakes mm-hmm. because we are human, but editing can definitely help reduce those. And we hit on this just a little bit earlier, but I think it's so important to have a a very select group of people that are willing to edit for you that you can use on a rotating basis and people, you know, that will give you good feedback, positive feedback, negative feedback that will point out things that maybe you missed. Because sometimes as you're writing, you know what you mean to say, but to your reader, it may not come across clearly. And so I think it's very important to have a group of people like that. But it's also important, you know, not to just give your writing to everyone because it needs to be people that you know will give you feedback with truth and grace and love. Um, And I think, too, for me, having a small group of people that I 
let know that if they ever see a mistake on my blog to just tell me so that I can fix it and, and try not to be offended when those people do tell you that. I, um, in the beginning, got quite a bit of feedback because in the beginning of a blog, you're trying to put so much content on right at the first that, you know, there, there are mistakes. And so in the beginning, my mom and my cousins and my aunts, those were the people that would send me texts and let me know that there was something wrong on my website. And I appreciated the, you know, that they did that and right. kept me from leaving those mistakes on there. And I think too, with editing, we've got to be prepared to rewrite or just delete. There's real pressure for bloggers to publish content on a regular and consistent basis, but we can't do it by sacrificing the quality of our work. If you're writing a blog post on a consistent basis that takes less time, you know, to write than you spend brushing your teeth, you might need to reconsider your methods. <laughs> um, so, you know, as, as writers, we have so much content spinning in our heads. And that's why I said earlier, like, I just, I will just start documents on my computer just so that I can put those ideas on there. I have a great app called Evernote which is a great productivity app. There are many other ones out there, but anytime I have an idea swirling around, I just stick it on Evernote. I've got it on every device so that I can go back to that and be able to, to put that into a writing. But editing and rewriting and deleting are things that we've got to be prepared to do when we're writing. Okay, so I remember, Kara, I remember going to a writer's workshop before I published my first book, before I wrote and published my first book. And I was uh -huh. a part of the Friends of the Library, and I was actually hosting this event with an author who's written many, many best-selling books. And she brought in a manuscript, a recent manuscript. So this is a best-selling author, written many best-selling books. She, she brought in a recent manuscript that she'd gotten back from her editor. She said, I just want to tell you that this is what a good editor does. And she showed it to us, and it was all red. I mean, there was black that she'd written, yeah. but it was all red. And I remember thinking, that's how it looks when you're really good? So it's like, because that was to me, you know, we grow up in school thinking that that's a sign of failure. Red on our right. paper means you didn't do a good job. But when you're a writer, red on the, on the paper means that this is now going to a whole new level, that you can right. take it this far. A good editor can take it another level. So I just want to read just a teeny tiny bit out of my book, eBooks, Idea to Amazon in 14 Days. So a good editor is invaluable. Readers will spot grammatical errors you didn't know existed, zoom in on stupid sentence structure, unravel your best attempts at overall organization. But the experts in your field will notice those holes and they will rip them to shreds. And so when you, when yeah. you have this editor who's beside you, you have to just, you know, get some thick skin, say, okay, God is taking me to a new level, and now this right. is good. Red is right. good. And so, you know, and again, like another analogy from the restaurant, I remember I'm kind of a, I like it clean in my kitchen. I like it organized. I don't like a big mess. I have a hard time to work in a big mess. And yeah. so when we bought the restaurant, sometimes it, we'd go into what you call a firestorm, and it was like everybody in the city decided to come eat all at the same time, and so it just <laughs> becomes this chaotic insanity, and you all know what you're working on, but you don't have time to clean up as you go. You just can't. And so we'd be working in the middle of this, you know, you know, food all over on the floor, and, you know, it's just like, ah, oh, and I just couldn't get past it, Kara, until one day I walked in, and it was another team doing the cooking. I walked in the back door into this horrible mess. It was just 
food everywhere and people just going nuts everywhere. And and I walked in and in my head I thought, but mess means money. And yeah. ever after that one aha moment, I was able to deal with the mess because I knew that it wasn't always a mess. As soon as we could, it was all cleaned up. You know, within an hour, it's all clean again. You know, so it's not like it's, it's jeopardizing anybody's health or anything like that. It's just part of the process. And I think if right. you can look at your blog, and I don't have a B word for that, but if you can look at your blog and know that, you know, red means something, red means fantastic or whatever the word is there and just get over it and move forward it's a wonderful thing and you'll really be able to be at peace about it even though you know you are getting your stuff ripped to shreds (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you can actually learn from those edits too you actually can get yes i agree from the edits yeah definitely and those edits do definitely make you stronger in your writing because the next time you look for more things and the next time you look for more and it just it does grow you as a writer yeah, there's another, there's an app on, online that I really like to use, the Hemingway app. If you just look yes. on um, uh, online editor, do you use that one too? Online editor, it's just called Hemingway app. Just type that into Google and it'll help you find it. But that's fantastic for just the simple uh, top level editing. Okay, Kara, we got to move on. What is the number one way to get inside your readers' heads in order to touch their hearts? Yeah, we have to be vulnerable. You know, there's a fine line that, um, we can't always write from our own viewpoint, but we have to be vulnerable enough to let them see into our hearts. We have to love and identify with the people that we're writing for um, and let them fall in love with us. People want to feel connected to the writer of what they're reading. So it's uber important that we share bits of our heart that people can relate to. But with that being said, our blog posts can't always just be about us. There has to be a takeaway for them and it has to touch them emotionally. You know, my biggest devotional that brought the most people to my blog ever was uh, one that I wrote the day after we dropped our son at college. And you know that it's such a difficult Mm. time for moms. And you're stuck hundreds of miles away from your child, and you have nothing to fall back on except prayer because this kid is out there on their own. And um, I was just wrestling with God with what I could do for my child and he very clearly just told me to pray scripture. And so I wrote down some scriptures that I wanted for my son and prayed those. And I just decided to put those on my blog. And let me tell you, that touched an emotional piece of people's hearts because it was a time and season where everyone was dropping their kids at college. And if you weren't, you knew someone who was. And so you shared it with them. And so that was really, you know, just being vulnerable and, um, then also just being careful not to preach at our readers. You know, we, even though we may have come through a place that God has brought us through and showed us his grace and taught us something, we have to be very careful not to be preachy because we could fall back or we're not going to win anyone with, with preaching at them. We have to understand how much grace we've been given by God in order to have the grace to see things from other viewpoints and to be able to teach people that may be a, a few steps behind us. And if my audience doesn't believe that I understand the depth of their struggle, they're not going to believe that I can point them in the right direction either. Mm, that's great. Yeah, I think the, the key is vulnerability. And again, once again, if you're not in a position to be vulnerable, don't write a blog. <laughs> At least don't write right. a blog about what you're not in a position to be vulnerable about. So I mean, right. I'm sure that... 
I'm sure that we all have areas where we do feel strong and areas where we feel like really still, really still broken. Not even broken necessarily. Let's just say instead, let's say still in the oven. <laughs> the cake is not yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. And so, there, and there you know, are times and, when you can write about that for sure, you know, just like writing yeah. those scriptures for my son. I mean, that's the season I was in. But there's a lot right. of things I've written that are, and like you said earlier, write things down now that you're going through for the future because a lot of things I've written come from a pain that happened to me 20 years ago, you know, so you, you really have to have come through that and have the scar that is totally healed in order to be able to write about that. Right. And I think there is a distinction too. Um, I'm glad that we got back to here. Um, the distinction is you would not write an entire blog with the theme being the place where you are still, um, still under construction being broken in it. So, Right. What you want to do is you, you can, though, touch on that subject from time to time. That's not a problem. But if you choose to just every day, week after week after week, uh, come to this blog when you're still open and wounded, that is not, that is not wise. And it isn't, it isn't really modeled in the Bible. Um, you right. Know, even, after Paul, even after Paul's salvation, after Saul's salvation, um, God took him away privately for a while. And, you know, he That's just right. put him right into the front line. And so just, yeah. just allow yourself the grace to heal before you stick yourself out in front of the front of the big gun. Yes. Okay. Let's yes. talk about how to continue to develop yourself as a writer. Yeah. I love to keep a writer development notebook. Um, in, in that notebook, you know, I just keep um, notes of things I've read. I keep notes from conferences that I've been to, things that I've read online, uh, quotes that I want to include and future devotionals and writings, you know, we're coming up on a season of the Super Bowl, and we would never expect that professional athletes that are going to play in the Super Bowl to step onto the field without practicing and having that development first, even though they have a natural talent, they, they practice all week. And that's what your writer development notebook is, is like, is to your practice time. Um, and as simple as base, and basic as it sounds, reading other blogs, reading books, reading magazines that relate to the topic that you write about can grow your writing immeasurably. And the more you read about um, the, the idea, more knowledge and ideas will swirl in your head, you know, about your topic. And then it just makes writing in the future less taxing. And then I think, you know, of more formal training, you can attend conferences and you would just, you'd be surprised how many conferences are available to writers now. Of course, there's large ones and there's small ones. There was one in my local area that I knew nothing about, except that I found out about it through another blogger. But you can just Google writers conferences and find conferences that you can attend in your area. Um, and then listening to podcasts such as this one, I mean, this is great training for people, you know, and then there's also online training that are that's provided through a whole host of of big entities that are, some are free, some cost money, you know, a monthly fee. Um, and then I just think to develop yourself more, just spend time writing and spend time writing for the sake of pleasure, not just because you feel pressure to get content on your blog. It's important to let God grow us, you know, through what we could call our practice time as writing and just writing to simply seek him and be in his presence because this is a talent he's given, and he wants to be worshipped through it. It is an act of worship to write for him. And so, you know, just doing it kind of behind the scenes, the, the stuff that's just between you and God that maybe no one will ever read. 
I love that. A couple other ideas that I have on that one is um, just to read other blogs, see what's really current in the blogging field because it's amazing how we shift. Um, you know, for a while yeah. everything's written first person, and then for a while everything's <laughs> written third person. You know, I mean, it's like yeah. it's like the whole culture shifts, and you do have to right. stay up to date with what people are expecting to see on a blog. Otherwise your blog will be dated and people just move along. Um, another yes. thing is to is to find what some of the most popular blogs, just find them in your own genre, find the most popular blogs, and just spend a little time there. And even make comments at the bottom. Um, you know, participate with the other bloggers to feel how it feels to actually be on the other side of the picture. And, you know, when yeah, you write a comment, great. was it, did it just like make your day when the person responded personally? <laughs> you know, I mean, right. feel that feeling so that you have some kind of appreciation for what your readers are experiencing at your blog. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I'm visiting today with Kara Price of the Nourished Body and Soul.com. We're going to come right back and talk about the role of social media a trick that will save you time and increase your reach, and also the most important thing you've got to remember. We'll be right back. There is a huge difference between working for God and allowing God to work through us. My latest book, Flow Through Vessel, explains how to master the habit of letting God flow through our lives. When we try to do everything good for God, we quickly fail. But when we learn how to allow God to flow his life and love through us, we find strength for the day. Check out this new Bible study resource at www.marnie.com. That's www.marnie.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and our guest today is Kara Price. We're talking about how to launch and grow your blog in 2017. Kara, wow, this has been so much fun, such great content here. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. We are Thank gonna, you. We're going to move on to the role of social media. And this is somewhere where, um, you know, the, we've, been, we've been now since about 2008, 2009, social media really became a part of our lives. Uh, in a big way. And a lot of us have figured out ways to manage that and to allow us to get a lot done still and still be involved in social media. But it is a very important part of our lives. And when you're a blogger, it's it's very important. It is very important. Social media is huge. You know, um, before I had developed an email list for readers of my blog, 85% of the people who visited my blog came directly from Facebook. I would put a post on there when I put something new on the blog. You know, I also use Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest, and there's plenty of other ones out there, um, you know, that I don't use, Snapchat and Vimeo and those things that some people may find work for them, but still the majority of my reach was on Facebook. Now that my list has grown, uh, my email list, you know, it's about a 50-50 split between direct accessors and Facebook referral, but Social media is huge. A lot of people, when they see that email come in, it's, you know, behind the scenes as a blogger, you can see all the analytics of what's going on with whatever email distribution service you use. You can see how many people click on your, your links and your emails. And it's funny to see who actually opens it and who clicks on it. And, you know, to realize some people just hit delete. And so, but if they see it on social media, they're, they're apt to click on it. 
And so if social media baffles you, it did me in the beginning, especially some of the ones I was not familiar with. I would encourage you to go back to your technical genius or teenager because I learned things from my 15-year-old on a daily basis about social media. Right, and and I think the things I want to encourage you to do is um, pick your social media. You you aren't going to have time. If you're doing it yourself, you aren't going to have time to be everywhere. So pick a couple that are really key for you and comfortable for you. And then also, and I think I must say this, at least once every six weeks on this show, but it took me so long to figure it out myself. What you want to be posting is you want to be posting the type of things that are shareable. And what's meant by shareable is that I post something, and if Kara happens to see it, Kara says, I want to share that with my friends. So in other words, if I post, you know, I didn't get any sleep last night, but I put this post together for you, and I hope you enjoy it. Kara's not going to say that. <laughs> That's the kind of content I want on my wall today. <laughs> you know, right. probably not. So, you know, you have, it has to be visually or emotionally um, in such a way that other people will say, yes, I resonate with that. I totally want to share this with everybody I know. I love it. I like it. I want to share it. And so yeah. when you get to that point, that's when you really have the opportunity to grow. You know, in the beginning, when I first started putting my post on Facebook, um, like post for a recipe, I was just putting the post on there. And my husband said, you know, people really like pictures. You should probably put a picture of that food on there. Because people were complimenting me on how great my food looked on my website. But and it's, sure enough, as soon as I put it on Facebook, you know, the picture of that cupcake with the chocolate icing makes you want to click on that link and go eat that. And so, um, you know, that's, that's something to remember, too. People are drawn in by what they see. And so if you're only posting words, you might want to try to figure out how to put a picture that will connect that emotion for them, too. And then, oh, you know, also, on so, yeah, absolutely. And on social media, too, the other thing is, is that if you're just starting out and you may be using the same account, um, say, for instance, on Instagram or Facebook, you may be using your personal account to promote your blog. And so I would really just encourage people to make sure that everything they post on social media agrees with the standards that are on their blog. It doesn't mean that every post has to be about the blog. You can still post your personal stuff if that's, that's the way you choose to go, but it does mean we have to carefully evaluate what we're willing to put on social media and be a person of honor so that we can honor the Lord with what we post. Yeah, I always like the advice, you know, if you don't want to see it on the 10 o'clock news, don't put it on the right. website. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's the best thing. Okay. So what is, the, what is your trick for saving time and increasing your reach? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's a huge need in this world for people that are bold and that will stand up for truth. And it's important for me as a blogger to remember that I'm not the only person that God has called to do this thing. Beyond the Bible, God has used writings of so many other people to shape my heart and mind. And the wisdom that I've gained on my journey is unique and different from other people. And so I think it's so important that we remember that we are God's workmanship, and he created us for good works that he's planned for us, but he also created other people for good works too. And so one way to increase your reach is to have guest posts, using other bloggers from time to time to write a post that benefits For both of you, you gain access to their reader list and they gain access to your reader list. And so I think that's that's one way to definitely increase your reach. You know, another way is to link your blog to other blogs. 
Um, one recipe that I wrote was inspired by a blogger who I've looked up to for years, who actually I started reading her stuff right when I began eating the way I eat now. And I linked my stuff to her and I got an email from her, you know, saying thank you, which I thought was great. And so people will do that for you too. It'll happen organically that people will begin to link their blog to your blog. And so, you know, not being afraid that God's resources to allow us to have followers are limited because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, which means he has enough followers to go around for everyone in the blogging world. And we just have to be careful not to be greedy with that. Um, and I think too, you know, friends that have a social platform that reaches beyond your circle, just, you know, in that social media area, I mean, it's happened for me organically. I haven't asked anyone to do it, but I have a friend that owns a beauty business and she's promoted my website just because she wants to eat healthy. And I have a friend who owns a gym and she's promoted my website because people are always asking her how to cook healthy. And so I think things like that, people will post your stuff organically when they begin to fall in love with you. Mm, that's so great. And of course it is so true. You know, people want to do business with people they already know, like, and, respect and it is the same way when you are having people share they already know you or they know of your blog and they want to share that with other people those those two right are just hand in hand there right you have something that you wanted to share with us that you call the most important thing to remember yeah i think the most important thing to remember is just don't lose sight of your purpose and your goal you know hebrews 12 in the message puts it this way keep your eyes on jesus who both began and finished this race that we're in Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. And because of that, he could put up with anything along the way. So I think mm. we've just got to remember, you know, our purpose and our goal and walk faithfully and success will come in God's timing. You know, when you think about the life of Jesus and if we're going to focus on how he did it, even he had an assignment from the father that could only be fulfilled after he walked through certain things on this earth he had to do. And had he not grown in wisdom as a young man, as it tells us when he was 12, then and been faithful in his earthly ministry, he would not have made it to the cross with followers who knew the reason he came, right? And so we have to remember our purpose and goal and remember that sometimes we see people with this overnight success and we, we maybe as bloggers long for that, but it's really unlikely and frankly those who get that don't often keep it and personally I want to be a long burning flame and not a fireworks display and so I think we've just got to remember what our goal is hmm. and the goal of course is keeping eyes on Jesus that's always the most important thing but to remember that he made you uniquely there is nobody else in the entire world that could say it the way that you will say it. There is no one right. else that can do your blog just the way you're going to do it. It's unique to you. And, you know, you said something earlier, Kara. Um, you said that right now your book is used by you in your own kitchen. And I remember before my first CD came out, um, I would sing these songs that I'd written in my living room to Jesus for years. Nobody would ever uh -huh. hear them. I'd just sing them in my living room to Jesus. And I'm like, is this all you want? Is this really all you want from these songs? And I would be kind of frustrated, you know, like, why do you give me these songs? And then I just sing them to you in my living room. And I remember right. one day God just comforted my heart. And he said, you know what, Marnie, this is the only place in the entire universe I get to hear these songs. Hmm. And it just completely changed my perspective. And I thought, oh, good. Well, then if you never want to publish them, that's fine with me too. So I think uh -huh. just walk it out. Just walk it out. 
It's just for Jesus, and whatever he wants to do with it or not do with it is his business. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to walk out what he puts in our path to do. Love, love, love that. Kara, if somebody goes over to thenourishedbodyandsoul.com, what are they going to find over there? Yeah, so basically uh, I got really sick, and in my journey to find health and wellness, I started this style of eating that's known in the mainstream world as paleo, but really you could just call it whole foods that God created. And so there are just healthy recipes on my website. And because I have wanted to write for so long and I want to write from a position of a person that God has healed me in so many ways, not just physically, he's healed my heart and he's, um, he's shown me so much grace in my life and given me so much that I am so undeserving of. I write devotionals too. So my blog is just a compilation of healthy food for a, a nourished body and devotionals for a healthy soul. Oh, that's just great. And you guys can find out more about Kara over at TheNourishedBodyAndSoul.com, as well as you are one of our speakers over at WomenSpeakers.com. So you guys can check out her profile over there. Again, name is Kara, C-A-R-A, Price, just uh, like a price tag, Price. And then the website is TheNourishedBodyAndSoul.com. Kara, thank you so much for being here today. Marnie, thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Yes, it really has. You've just shared great content and excellent guests. I do have a question for you. Do you have a theme verse for life? I'm sorry, say that one more time. You cut out a little bit. Do you have a theme verse, a favorite verse for your life? Oh, I do, actually. Yeah, it's it's Romans 8:28. We know that God works mm. all things together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. I've seen him work so many things in my life that in the moment when it's happening, you think it's the end of the world. And, and later he works those things and shows you how he's made those good in your life. And so, yeah, that is absolutely my theme verse for my life. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you for being here and thank you all for being here. It's just been great to be with you this afternoon. And for those of you who listen to the show um, at uh, Stitcher or iTunes or around the web on the Syndicate Station, thank you so much. And if you've ever wanted to have this show air on your own station or on your own blog or your own website or whatever, you can surely do that. Just go over to Blog Talk Radio, and at the top right, it will show you how to share it in a great little player box that's just ready to plug in just like a YouTube video would be. So thank you for being here, and we'll see you next time. And in the meantime, I'd love to have you visit me over at Marnie.com. Have a great day now. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Women's ministry leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. ready to experience your best life possible and share biblical success principles with others? Register for the SPY Coach Certification Program today. 
SPI or SPI stands for Success Principles Intensive. It's a six-hour online program that equips you to fully comprehend and train biblical success principles. You can check it out today over at Marnie.com. It's available as part of the mentorship program, or you can buy it as a standalone certification program. Learn more now at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.